Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We inspire executives, professionals, and business-savvy women to better their finances and overcome the financial stresses of life. We do all of this by giving the advice you need to identify your goals and the confidence to achieve them so you can retire to a life you love. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to win financially as Michelle draws from years of expertise and talks with today's top business minds about their wins, failures, and best practices. Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with your host, Michelle Gessner. I'm Wendy McConnell. So we're going to be talking about taxes today, Michelle. We are. Oh, fun. <laughs> Everybody's favorite subject. Exactly. So um, let's talk a little bit about reducing your taxes in retirement. Okay. So this is a popular subject. Everyone is talking about it. And, and, and that's good because taxes are one of the biggest expenses for a retiree. And, you know, you're, you're living on a fixed income when you're retired and you want to try to anticipate what your expenses are going to be. But taxes is one of those expenses that hopefully you can anticipate. Um, there's a lot of things that, that need to be done so that you're not caught unaware and with a ticking tax bomb, as I like to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So if you're talking about mitigating the risk of, of tax, well, it's a risk. And what I like to, to call it is tax rate risk. So we've got tax rate risk, which I definitely want to talk about, but you also have this misconception that I see a lot and you may be even one of these people that thinks this, Are do you think that you're going to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire? That is what I've been told. That is what everybody's been told. That's conventional wisdom. It's not necessarily true. Do you okay. like to know why? Yes. Okay. Taxes go up? Well, even if taxes don't go up, so let's talk about that first. So even if taxes don't go up, people think, oh, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement because- I'm no longer working and I'm not earning my salary. So therefore I will be in a lower tax bracket. Well, guess what? You're forgetting something. You are not having earned income in retirement. That is correct, but you will have other income. So what other income are we talking about? Well, if you've been a great saver and you've saved money over all of your working years, you've done a really good job and you've built a nice IRA or 401k, then what you have is a bunch of pre-tax money, money that has never been taxed. And when you take that money out, which you will when you're retired, that's what you're going to live on, that money lands right on your tax return. All of it, any withdrawal that you take is completely taxed because it's never been taxed. Right. So do we know the rate that it's being taxed at? Not yet, because that's in the future. So we hope that it's at today's tax rates, but we doubt that it will be. But here's where I'm talking about how even if taxes don't go up, this could be a problem. So let me paint the picture for you. If you have a large IRA because you've been a diligent saver, okay, you're going to have, when you turn RMD age, are you familiar with that term, Wendy? RMD? No. Okay. RMD stands for required minimum distribution. Oh, yes. 
So when you turn a certain age, and we'll talk about that age in just a second, when you turn a certain age, you have to take a withdrawal from your IRA and 401k. And it has to be a certain amount set by the government at a certain age, right? So now whether you need it or not, doesn't matter. You have to take it out and it lands on your tax return as income. So even though it's not earned income, you know, you're not working, not earning income, it is income. So now let's talk about what that could look like. If you are, let's say you have um, $2 million saved up in your IRA, okay? $2 million IRA and you are RMD age. So now you have to take out the first RMD, which is approximately 3.65% set by the IRS. So 3.65% of $2 million is $73,000. Every year that 3.65 is going to go up to an even higher percentage. Oh, it goes okay. up every single year by a certain amount. So I'm just talking about year one. Year one, you got that 73,000 that's going to land on your tax return. Now, let's say you also have social security. You hope to have social security. Okay, there's more income that will be taxed, not at 100%, but probably 85% of your benefit will be taxed. Okay, can you see how quickly you're going to be in a six-figure income bracket? Right. And you don't have any earned income. So it, the more money you have saved up in these pre-tax accounts, like 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, these are accounts that have never been taxed. That money is fully taxable at a certain level, the level I just described, when you are in retirement. So you're going to, you could have easily a six figure taxable income. I don't like that. I don't either. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is, and so let me give you a, a quick little story about this. There was a gentleman who came into my office. He was a retired oil executive. We have a lot of oil folks here in Houston, Texas. I think he worked at Chevron, but I can't remember. Anyway, he had done a great job. He was working hard. He traveled a lot and and he had a good, large amount of money. It was all in his 401k, all of it, which is very typical of, of Americans. Most Americans put their money in those pre-tax accounts, just like, you know, because what you said, that's the conventional wisdom. That's where we are supposed to put it. And so once he discovered what was going to happen with these RMDs, he said to me, and I'll never forget, oh my gosh, I need to go back to work just to pay the taxes on this stuff. Wow. And this is a guy who had north of $5 million. Wow. And you're thinking, well, that should be a pretty nice nest egg to live on, right? Why would someone like you even say something like that? But he was right. And not, not necessarily about having to go back to work, but what he discovered is that he had done no tax planning through all of his working years. No one helped him. And all of it was sitting in the ticking tax bomb and he had to now face the music of this money's going to come out. He can't control how much he takes out and it's going to land on his tax return. Hmm. So, and, you know, I may be jumping ahead. This is when the Roth IRAs sometimes can be a good option. You are not jumping ahead. That is exactly where we're going next. So I never like to give someone a problem without giving them a, a possible solution, right? So what should you be doing if you don't want to end up like this guy? What you should be doing? Well, if you're still working, maybe you should consider not adding more pre-tax money to pre-tax money. Maybe you should consider switching 
to your Roth 401k option or Roth 403b option if you have one. So a lot of folks don't even know if their employer offers this. You should check, and most employers are starting to offer this now, Roth 401k, Roth 403b. You don't have to make under a certain income like you would when you hear about Roth IRA rules. Well, you make too much money, you're you're not eligible to, to contribute because there's income limits. That is true, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Roth 401k or 403b. Those do not have an income eligibility limit. So if your if your employer has one, maybe store your money there, maybe contribute to that account instead of the regular 401k. Okay. Because Roth 401ks or 403bs, those are accounts where you put post-tax money in and it grows completely tax-free. And when you take it out, you don't owe a dime of tax. With regular 401ks, yes, you get the deduction. That's why everybody likes to put their money in there. They get a deduction on their, you know, for that tax year, for anything you put in there for that year. Right. Who doesn't like a tax deduction? So we'll miss out on that. You're going to miss out on that, but that is a small price to pay, in my opinion, because that amount of money is not only going to be taxed in the future, but all the future growth of that contribution that you don't even have yet. That all is going to get taxed. You're sharing it with the IRS. All of the growth. Hmm. So Again. yes, Roth is is a is an excellent solution for this. Now they also have um Roth IRAs. Yeah. So a Roth IRA is is a nice little vehicle, but it has lots of restrictions. So if you make over a certain amount and it goes up every year, married couples have a certain amount. They have to qualify if they if you make more than whatever it is, I don't have it memorized. It just changed for 2023. If you make over that limit, well, you can't put a contribution in, but that's not true for a Roth 401k. Now, if you don't have a Roth 401k at work or a Roth 403b at work, then maybe if you've got a lot of money saved up in the regular IRA or regular 401k, you should consider putting money in the regular, you know, just a regular taxable account. Because it it all depends on how much money you've saved so far in your 401k or IRA. You know, if you've if you've saved a lot, maybe it's time to switch to another type of vehicle. What other kind of um, account are you referencing? If you don't have a Roth 401k option and your employer offers you a match, you should at least contribute to the regular 401k to at least get the match. You don't want to leave free money on the table. All right. So maybe your company match is only say 3%. Okay. So you put a 3% contribution in your regular 401k because they don't offer a Roth. Get the match offered by your employer. And then you still have money you want to save. 3% is not enough. So open up a regular account, a regular individual account, an investment account. Okay, Um, It's nice to have other buckets of money that will help you with what I call tax diversification. And this way you can control your tax bracket in retirement. Okay. So tell me more about the Roth and the benefits of that. Uh, you Do you say that that's probably uh, the better option? Well, the, ideally you have a Roth 401k. That's the best option. Now, if you're a business owner and you don't have a Roth 401k, all you have to do is go get one because you're the business owner. But if you work for someone else and they don't have a Roth 401k option, 
and you don't have a direct relationship to the people who make these decisions, well, that's where I was saying, maybe just open up a regular individual account, put enough to get the match in the regular. And, and this assumes you have a ton of money already saved in there or not a ton of money, but a good amount of money, right? If you have a small amount of money saved in the IRA or 401k, regular is what I'm talking about. You may not have the problems I'm talking about. I'm talking about those folks who have saved up a good amount of money, you know, north of 500,000, maybe north of a million, and they just keep adding and adding and adding thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket when I'm retired. Not necessarily the case. And yes, you're giving up the pre-tax um, deduction. You're giving that up. But if you do the math and we do it every single day, what we find is that there is a lifetime tax savings that far exceeds that little deduction you're getting today. So it's a cost benefit analysis. We do this often. Uh, and, and you definitely don't want to make the assumption that, oh, I'm in a high tax bracket now, so I should just get the deduction today. It may not be worth it with what the trade-off is that you're giving up all of that growth or giving up some of that future growth to the IRS. The other thing I want to mention, Wendy, is that your regular 401k and IRA distributions that you're going to have when you take that money out in retirement, they cause your social security benefits to be taxed but the Roth money does not land on your tax return at all when you take it out. And it does not trigger social security taxation. It does not cause your Medicare premiums to go up. So there's this whole uh, cascade effect with, with pre-tax money that you just have to understand before you just blindly add more money to the regular 401k and IRAs. What is going to make my Medicare premiums go up, first of all? And second of all, I thought that there were no premiums. I thought Medicare was free for us. Well, Medicare is not free for you um, in the U.S., at least not yet. I don't know if that ever will happen. There's a lot of you know controversy about Medicare, as you know. But Medicare premiums, there's a base premium that you pay. And then if your adjusted gross income is over a certain amount, well, then you have to get, uh, you, have, you're, you pay an extra surcharge, otherwise known as IRMA. And then if you're adjusted gross income is even higher than that. Well, then it's even a higher surcharge and so on. So they, they decide, they being the government decides what you pay for your Medicare premiums once you turn 65 based on your adjusted gross income from two years ago. So there's a lot of tax planning here that needs to be done. And, and my, my whole, uh, the whole point that I'm trying to make is what I call tax diversification planning how much you have in the taxable bucket, the regular, um, that's the regular bucket or the pre-tax bucket, money's never been taxed bucket. That's your IRA, 401k type money. And then how much is in the Roth bucket? And do you know what I see nine times out of 10 with folks who first come into my office? They have nothing in the Roth bucket, nothing. Or they have so little money, it's, it's really kind of sad. So what I told you the solution is, is to start changing your future contributions if you're still working. But what I haven't talked about yet is let's say you're, you're done working. You're now retired. What can you do if you've got this ticking tax bomb that I just described? Well, there's the Roth conversion and that's taking money. That's already, that's, that's that pre-tax money deciding that you're going to volunteer 
to pay taxes on, on a certain amount of that money today. And in exchange, that money gets retitled as a Roth account. And we call that a Roth conversion. Okay. So that's, that's what we do to get some of that money shifted from the pre-tax bucket to the Roth bucket so that it can grow completely tax-free, not only for you and also not land on your tax return, not trigger your social security benefits to be taxed, not trigger Medicare premium surcharges, but also your, your loved ones that you leave that money to, they don't even have to pay tax on it. So it's an estate planning tool. So it's the gift that keeps on giving, as yeah. I like to say. Yeah. So if I have some money in an IRA now, uh, would it be beneficial for me to convert that to a Roth IRA? It might be. Now, there's no blanket rules here, so it's very customized. So people will hear me talk on this subject, and then they they come to me and say, oh my gosh, I, I got to do Roth conversions. I have to get all my money converted to Roth. And that's just not true. You do not have to get all your money converted to Roth. And maybe you don't need to convert any of your money to Roth. It just depends on how much money you've got saved up in there. Um, and it's math. We run projections to see what's going to happen if you don't convert that money. What's going to happen if you do? It could be that paying tax now on that money is not a good idea for you. Okay. Um, and, and, and definitely the case if you don't have a large amount in that bucket, because you're still going to have the standard deduction. And I don't want to muddy the waters here, but the standard deduction will offset some of your RMD or maybe all of your RMD. And therefore your RMD is now tax-free. So if you've converted everything to Roth, well, then you have a standard deduction that you're not using. So I, I don't want anyone to get the impression that I'm advocating everyone that needs to convert all of their money to Roth. I am not advocating that. I'm saying that it is a, an analysis and it's different for everyone. Okay. So is there um, certain age restrictions when doing a conversion to a Roth? There are no restrictions. There's no age restrictions. There's no income restrictions. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're retired or working. So anyone can do a Roth conversion. There's only one rule. And that rule is you better be able to pay the tax that's going to come due when you do that conversion, because that's what a Roth conversion is. It's volunteering to pay the taxes on whatever amount of money you're converting. So if you don't have any idea where that tax money's coming from, don't do it. So you can't use the money from the account to pay the taxes. Oh, you can. And I'm glad you asked that. You can, but you better be 59 and a half or older. Because okay. if you try to take money out from the account itself, from the pre-tax IRA, 401k, whatever it is, and pay the taxes from for the Roth conversion from that, you will incur a tax penalty. But even if you're over 59 and a half, I don't, I'm not a big fan of doing that. Because usually that money is invested in the market and that's productive money. And you can't put money back in there. You can't replace that money you've taken out. So I, I would rather see my clients take the money that needs to be used to pay the taxes from an outside account. That's not so productive, you know, a savings account. Okay. Um, if you have 
savings. That's that's the best place for it to come from. It's it's important to understand this, but what I guess even if you don't understand anything I just said, understand this. Everyone needs to have some tax planning and it may not be that you need to do a Roth conversion or it may be that this year you don't need to do a Roth conversion, but you should be looking at this and here's here's one rule I can say that applies to everybody. And that is don't let one year go by without at least looking to see if you should do a Roth conversion. Just look, have a professional, review the numbers, review your situation and just look. And here's why I say that. We are in an historically low tax rate environment right now. Taxes are low. If you look back and look at what taxes used to be, they were higher. And so you know, if you believe taxes are going to stay the same for the rest of our lives, okay, maybe this advice doesn't apply. Are you one of those people that thinks taxes will never go up? Not me. (laughs) Right? I mean, most people agree taxes have nowhere to go but up. So if that's the case, then this rule is one that I can say is hard and fast. At least look and see if it makes sense to do a Roth conversion each year. It may not make sense to do one, but at least you've looked. So what else do we need to know? What we need to know is that you should have some, some of your money in regular taxable buckets, some of your money in tax deferred buckets, and some of your money in tax-free or tax-exempt buckets. And if you haven't redistributed like that, you probably are a candidate to get some things done. And your CPA is is the first person people think of to to go see. But I'm here to tell you, I have not met a CPA that does this. Um, They typically don't do forward-looking tax planning and diversification. That's the job of a CFP. And so I suggest that if this topic is important to you, that you take a step to get some help with this, you know, just find out what what the the actions should be for you. Okay. Sounds like um sounds like everybody's after my money, Michelle. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. You know, and and I will say I want to add one thing. So I was talking about RMDs, you know, earlier, and I don't know if you keep up with all the the tax laws and no. what's going on. Yeah. Have you heard of the Secure Act 2.0? Cuz that was all over the media. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. And that's that's okay. And it's it's not a fun subject. So, you know, I, I don't blame you if this is not your, you know, area. Why would you know about the Secure Act 2.0? You don't have to know all, all about it. And there's hundreds of pages of it's it's tax law legislation, is what it is. But here's what you do need to know. People used to have to take out a a an RMD at their age 70 and a half. Well, here came here came the uh, Secure Act regular one 1.0, and that was in 2020. And they changed the law to say, no, you you don't have to take a, a, a an RMD out until you're 72 now. Okay. Well, then they came out with a Secure Act 2.0 that just passed in effect for 2023, and now to make things even more confusing, they have age 73 as the new age. So if you're born after 19. 59. So uh, 
actually, I'm going to look at my little cheat sheet because this it's even confusing for me. And I'm, I'm doing this every day. So for people born on July 1st, 1949 through December 31st of 1950, then they have to take their RMDs out at age 72. But if you're born, born January 1st of 1951 through December 31st of 1959, then it's 73. And if you're born 1960 and beyond, well, then it's going to be age 75. Is your head swimming yet there? Is this good or bad for us? I'm not really sure. (laughs) So I think it's good. I mean, what they've done is they've delayed when you have to obey these laws of, oh, you have to take money out of your 401k, whether you need to or not. You have to take it out so it can no longer enjoy tax-deferred status, and it can land on your tax return so we can tax it. And they're making it later, so this is a good thing, but it means that your IRA or 401k is going to be even bigger because now you're not taking any money out of it unless you need to. Um, And and again, it's based on a percentage. Yes. So that could be even higher once you turn 75. That's right. That's yeah. right. And what we haven't even talked about is all of all of this is is how it is with taxes staying the same. But what if taxes go up? These RMDs are going to be, you know, taxed at a higher rate that you hadn't planned on. So I just really you can probably tell I'm very passionate about this this subject. I really think that we need to look at our situations and have a good understanding and take action, do your tax planning now, because you, you can't do it all at once in one year. You can't just come over and say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to convert the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what that does? That blows up your tax return. You're going to have a huge tax liability. And now you've defeated the whole purpose. And so, nobody wants that. Nobody wants a huge tax liability. No. Okay. So Michelle, how can people get in touch with you to find out more about all this fascinating tax stuff? <laughs> she says with sarcasm. Yeah, I know it's it's not fascinating, but it is important. So they can contact me by either visiting our website at gesnerwealthstrategies.com or picking up the phone, calling us 713-589-6448. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We hope you were inspired to take steps to your financial freedom as you learned new techniques and strategies for managing your finances. To learn more about how you can improve your financial landscape, visit our website at www.gessnerwealthstrategies.com. That's G-E-S-S-N-E-R wealthstrategies.com or give Michelle and her team a call at 713-589-6448. And don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes are available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Michelle Gessner or Gessner Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.